Ladies and gents, how are you? And welcome back to another episode of The Swim Special. This week was with the wonderful Alicia Wilson. Alicia has very recently qualified for her first um, international meet at the senior level uh, for the European Games. But most importantly, she got herself a place on the plane to Tokyo in the 200 IM event. Um, Alicia is out at the moment in sunny California is where she was speaking to me from. Um, she uh, swims at, at Berkeley over there. Um, and yeah, as well as being incredibly jealous at her lifestyle out in sunny California while it's been raining all day for me. I was, I was, it was really, really nice to have um, an extended conversation with her. She was incredibly insightful about her career, about the move over to America, and also about her time at Guildford back home in um, in Surrey. So, yes, yeah, she was an absolute delight to have on, and we were really, really pleased to um, yet yeah, to be able to get her on the podcast for you guys. Um, thanks for listening, and without further ado, Alicia Wilson. Miss Alicia Wilson, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, not a problem at all. First and foremost, and um, it's been back in the UK. It's been raining all day today where I've been, and you're in sunny California, so I'm very jealous. How, how's how's life uh, at the moment in California? Is um is it still locked down severely? Are you allowed to go out? What's what's the deal? Uh, I'd say it's pretty similar to the UK right now, by way of, you know, you can go to a restaurant. It is mainly outdoor seating, uh, but things have started rapidly opening, opening up. And, you know, vaccines here are open to anyone over the age of 16. So things have definitely started to open up, which has been a huge relief. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. No, good stuff. I've got a friend um, who's in Pasadena, so a bit south of you, down in LA, and he says the thing starting to finally open up again. So he's uh, he's buzzing about it. But yeah, for, I mean, I suppose the only place where we can start is um, for for his congratulations are in order for making the Olympic team. You must be so excited right now. What what um yeah, how are you feeling about it? <laughs> you know, I don't think it's quite sunk in yet. Uh, I am. I'm shocked. I'm happy. I feel like I'm every kind of emotion that I possibly could be uh yeah i'm i'm just so excited and i'm flying back tomorrow and i think that's when it will start to get a bit more real and i'm excited to start training and really going for it yeah oh awesome so you're coming back to the uk tomorrow then what what's the plan when you get back yeah <laughs> um well i'm going back and then we have europeans in budapest so i'm going back for a small chunk of time just to acclimate back to being on a different time zone and then flying with the team there. And then I'll be back in the UK for the rest of the training period. Uh, and I guess I'll be back in California in August. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you won't be away from the States for too long then. Um, I just, no. in, terms of the, in terms of the Europeans, I suppose it's, it's a little bit of a weird meet, isn't it? Falls between the Olympics and after trials. What, what, are, your, what are your aims and ambitions for that meet? Honestly, I'm just incredibly grateful to that, to be on that team, you know, this is my first senior international team European. So that's pretty crazy in itself. And I'm really excited to get some racing opportunities in, especially against some really strong competition. Uh, that's honestly my, I guess my goal then is just to race and have fun as much as I can. And I think that when I do so, my best. So, yeah. 
Oh, great. And uh, in terms of your your trials, sorry, um, at your appearance, will you be, is it just the 200 IM? What what events are you going to be, what, what events will, be, will will we be seeing you swimming there? Uh, I'll be doing the 200 IM. I'll also be doing the 100 back shows as well. Okay, good stuff. And um, in terms of trials, you're obviously the 200 IM. I mean, I think it places places you fifth in the world this year you've really really set yourself up on the world basis now were those and also a great performance in the 100 back were those uh, performances surprising or did you have um did you have expectations that you met the meet what were your thoughts going into the meet and how did you feel about it i think i obviously at the beginning of the year wanted to break 210 i knew that i would need to go a very fast time to kind of be in the mix to make a team especially with their extra delay you know it gave everyone an extra year to prepare and be faster um but I think honestly even the day of the meet and even the morning after um doing just a 213 in the heats I was doubting myself a little bit uh I wasn't quite sure where I was gonna be you know that was my first proper long course 200 IM since 2019 at the World University Games so I did have big expectations but it was more hope and wasn't really sure where I was going to be, honestly. Oh, no, great. But I mean, I think, um, yeah, all your hard work certainly came to fruition then. That, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I heard you, I've heard you speaking before about how, like, your your motivation as a swimmer from when you started very young. I think you spoke about watching the Olympics in London, how your motivation was to become an Olympian. And now that that... Um, that mountain has been climbed, so to speak. What, what's the what's the extra motivation now? What what um, what continues to drive you on at this point? You know, I think just being of that caliber, and I want to leave my mark, and I want to continue to move forward, and you know, do well at the Olympics. I don't want to just go and enjoy the experience. I want to enjoy it and do a good job. And obviously, I guess that's the same for the whole of the British team. Um, but I think, you know, it has been a dream of mine for so long. And I I don't feel stuck of like, what next? You know, I kind of feel like happy. Oh, like I made it. But I, at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, I've still got work to do. And I've got a lot of places to improve. So I'm definitely excited that I can be in that position of my dream, but also know that there's still a lot more to come. Okay, brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I suppose after the after trials, were you itching to get back to California or how, how, how long after did you fly back? Three days after. So I actually, uh, I spent three days obviously not swimming and just enjoying being with my family and meeting up with a few friends for a few dog walks and things, you know, obviously just after trials or during trials, things opened up in the UK a bit. So I did take that opportunity to meet one-on-one -on -one with people and just enjoy the kind of celebration. Um, of trials and then get back to America and start the hard work again. Oh, good stuff. And what was the, uh, yeah, what was the family reaction like to the, <laughs> to you doing so well? They must have been loving it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mum gets very nervous and definitely more nervous <laughs> than me. <laughs> so I think there was a huge sense of relief and sadness also because they couldn't have been there, you know, to hug me after the race or things like that. Uh, but just having them pick me up after being in that bubble of trials that night of the 200 IM meant a lot. And yeah, there were a lot of phone calls to people uh, and to family members. 
Oh, lovely. And yeah, you've said, I mean, just sort of on that bubble at trials, you've said previously that you're quite, you like to be quite specific with the timings of what you do when you have a mm. snack on race day and what have you. Um, what was that like in the, the bubble as such? Did you have to sort of make extra um, plans to deal with all the different precautions going on? Yes, definitely. You know, I even on the day before the 200M, I wasn't competing and I was only allowed to go to the pool at 3 p.m. So I had that full chunk of time to myself in one <laughs> hotel room uh, and had to plan it out so that I wasn't just sitting there and doing nothing. You know, I had to set my alarm and get up and stretch and be pretty proactive on my own clock and my own schedule so that I didn't just kind of waste away in the bubble. I made it worth something. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, yeah, I think the uh, your swims certainly were worthwhile, and you've made it something that's for sure. Um, just, just, uh, I suppose, if you don't mind, we just talk about sort of your experience at going across over to America and to uni mm -hmm. there. Why? Um, what was the main? What were the main few reasons for you deciding to make the move to go across to the states? Well, I have an older sister who actually went to University of Arizona. And she doesn't swim, she doesn't do sports, but seeing the facilities and the way of life when I would go and visit her, honestly, just excited me so much. And it was like nothing I've seen in the UK, honestly. And I wanted to break away from England and kind of the small town that I was in and things like that. And that was my motivation to start looking. And when I came across Cal, I didn't want to waver on my academics either. You know, I think it's so important for me personally to pursue both at the same time because I think they complement each other and I you know when I do well in school it it shows in my swimming and vice versa and so Cal was the place that could offer that the most and seeing Terry and how the Cal swimmers operate that was kind of like a dream for me and you know seeing all the people that have come through Cal was pretty cool and I felt like if there was one place I was going to succeed it was going to be in America but specifically at Cal. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, sometimes when you do see the pictures of the facilities over there, mm -hmm. the massive pool, it just looks looks incredible. Um, is it true that your, your younger sister is also over in America? Is that right as well? Yeah, she's at University of Virginia right now. She's a freshman going on sophomore year. Okay, so um, is it is it just you three, or have you, or do, do your parents have a sibling who hasn't hasn't uh, made the trip? <laughs> no, it is just us three. So we all did end up going to America. Are, are, are your parents happy with all the uh, the extra holidays that they get as a result, or what was that? What did they <laughs> encourage you to make the move, or what was the deal? Yeah, I think, you know, they are the type of parents to support whatever dreams we have. And that consisted of America, honestly, for all three of us. And so they were very supportive and came with each of us to kind of explore the states and explore the different universities, which was really exciting in itself. And I am very fortunate in that my mum specifically can fly over a lot, obviously not because of COVID right now, but she can visit me. And as far as it is, Flight-wise, it is just one flight, and so I am grateful that she can come and frequently as well and watch some of my swim meets too. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that that's brilliant. And in um, what what so what do you what do you study over there? I'm currently in the business school. It's called Haas um, 
which is kind of, I guess, a prestigious business school at Berkeley. So I applied my sophomore year for that uh, and got in, thankfully. Uh, so I'm studying business administration there. Uh, and I'm thinking of maybe doing a double major. I'm not too sure yet. If I would, it would be economics, but I'm kind of waiting to see if I want to do that or not. Okay, brilliant. And um, yeah, is there anything, I suppose, I mean, I suppose this is quite a, a serious question, so apologies for this. Is there is there anything in particular that you'd like to do with your um, your degree um, after, after uni? Honestly, I have no idea. I feel like I'm taking it one step at a time. Uh, probably something to do with finance or definitely the business route. Uh, you know, that is what I'm studying. Uh, but I'd also want to do something on the side that takes my swimming kind of lessons and the lessons I have learned from that sport and try and use that in some way to inspire younger children or something like that. You know, I don't want to just park that to one side. I want to be able to continue that legacy as well side by side yeah no brilliant do you think um do you think that would most likely be in the states or or do you see yourself coming back to the uk i have no idea honestly i love being at home i'm definitely a home person so as much as i love the states and the opportunities that it has i do miss home when i'm here um so i honestly am not sure but it could be either or. Yeah. So, so where, for those who, who aren't aware, where, where is home for you? So I live in Guildford in Surrey, uh, so just a little bit south of London. Okay, brilliant. And um, is it? I suppose the the move must have been quite a big move to go from Surrey to uh, to California. What were the What were the main sort of were there anything? Were there any things in the first few weeks and few months which particular particularly struck you as as different, or were big culture shocks or so? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so I was the only one out of my sisters to not go to Millfield boarding school, and I think my parents were definitely worried when I went that I'd never lived away from home or things like that, or been away from home for a set period of time. So. When I went, there was that worry, but actually it was really easy to acclimate. I think more so because the team was just so accommodating and welcoming. And I think, you know, it is obviously a shock suddenly training indoors your whole life, for example, and getting up in the morning, sometimes in the cold and swimming outside and things like that, or suddenly having a roommate to live with. And those little things were definitely a shock, but the overall experience was, just so enjoyable that I think it kind of drowned out any struggles or hardships or anything. Okay, yeah. Had you had you been out to visit Berkeley before you went over, or was it the first time when you when you arrived? I'd been out twice before. Um, I came out actually to visit a few universities in the states and to kind of get a feel for them before committing to Cal. And then I came out, uh, I'd say a month before I also moved out with my mum because she hadn't seen uh, Cal before, yeah. Okay, great. And what was it in particular that um, that attracted you to, to Cal, to Berkeley? I think the team. I think the team and the coaching staff. Honestly, you know, every university in America has incredible facilities and that was kind of a given. You know, none of the schools I looked at were subpar academically. They all offered me what I wanted academically. But the swimming at Cal, you know, 
to me, it was a no-brainer. It was kind of like, I get to train with Olympians, and that's my dream. I get to train with national champions, and just a culture that is based around enjoyment and growing you as a person, you know, as kind of cliche as that sounds, I think the investment that we have as people has definitely grown us as swimming, uh, as swimmers. And Terry has done such a good job of embedding that in the program at Cal that I, that was something I wanted to be part of. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, um, I heard you speaking about uh, how this, in terms of like differences between training in, in America and back home, um, is it is it right that in in Berkeley you guys have this thing where I don't know every month or so you tell each other some of your short term goals? Is is that right? Because um, like you tell each other because um, that strikes me as a particularly American thing to do. I couldn't I couldn't see many British teams doing that together because we're far too uh, insecure and shy. <laughs> uh, what are the uh, was is is that true and how how was that uh, how do you find that? You know, I'd say there's not de- there's definitely not a set time on it, but I think at the beginning of the year or you know at certain milestones, we will sit down and kind of go around and just say you know quick fire almost the goals that we have for this season. You know, if I remember this season correctly, I remember doing it. I'd say in about November and. I think, honestly, that is something that I wish I had in the UK. I think having someone know your goals outside of your coaches keeps you more accountable. And, you know, I think when you verbalize it as well, it actually becomes more of a commitment. So it is scary to say it, but actually it does bind the team and it makes us perform better because, you know, we're doing it for each other at the end of the day, uh, which is something that I think the UK does miss out on a little bit. so yeah, we do verbalize our goals sometimes and you know, I think mine uh in previous years has probably been to swim fast in the morning because that's kind of what it takes for NCAAs or certain time goals. Uh and so then everyone on the team knows that. Okay. Yeah, and um in terms of your your team environment there. Is it obviously? It sounds like you've got a great team spirit, but is there is there an element of competition between you guys? And is it help? Is it healthy competition? If 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I have so many competitors within the team in a healthy way. You know, I came into town not the fastest fastest in anything. You know, this year was the first time I put down a mark that was the fastest in an event. Um, so I've always had people. To train with and that are faster than me and I think what works for me as an I am swimmer as well is there's someone every single stroke that is substantially quicker you know not just a little bit there's people that are a lot quicker and you know we do compete against each other a lot at dual meets and things like that and I think just not being afraid to compete against each other is really healthy and does make a really good competitive atmosphere in training. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it certainly the results are speaking for themselves, that's for sure. Um, in terms of uh, other differences, um, I, I read somewhere that you used to do a little bit of gymnastics growing up. And I've seen um, Berkeley, um, like you guys are doing handstands on the pool <laughs> side and cartwheels and all stuff like that. So you seem to have incorporated somehow gymnastics into your swimming training. Uh, what are the benefits of that? I think 
there have been huge benefits for me personally you know I'm a pretty rigid swimmer and I think I get very tense and things like that and so just being able to do different movements has definitely complemented me in the water and you know it is a sport with a lot of movements and I am there are a lot of kind of different well there's obviously all the strokes and things like that and so just being able to move in a certain way on land I think has definitely complemented us all uh, off like within the water as well. Yeah. Are there any other differences just in terms of training methods between the UK and America that have, have struck you? Um, I mean, obviously, you guys uh, do a lot of yard swimming, things like that. Is there anything in particular which, um, which, yeah, which, which strikes you I, as, as important? Yeah. I think for me, I think the thing that struck, struck me uh, was it's far more quality over quantity. And I think being an age group swimmer, in the UK, I definitely, you know, I don't think I was one of those people that was in a program that did a lot of meters, but I did do a fair amount. And even scaling that back a little bit at Cal was at first scary, but it has paid really big dividends. And, you know, we do do yards training in the afternoons. Um, and in the morning, it is long course. And I think yards has helped me a lot because it exposes your turns. It exposes so many weaknesses, even within your swimming because it is just such a short pool that I think that's what's allowed me partly to become a better swimmer because I'm, you know, racing people who have swam yards their whole life and have perfected certain events yards wise and stuff like that. So that has been really hard, but so helpful. Yeah. And uh, so which elements of your swimming would you say have come on the most since going over to America? Uh, honestly, I feel like when I break down my swims quite a bit, I do just feel a lot stronger. Uh, and I think that shows in my underwaters, uh, and my actual swimming stroke as well. You know, I think I do have a lot more to work on, particularly with my, my turns and around the walls. I feel like that will always be something I'm going to have to work on. That was kind of my Achilles heel coming into Cal. Um, so it has improved, but then again, you know, compared to a lot of the yard swimmers, it's still not where I want it to be or perfect. Uh, yeah. yeah. And in terms of, um, it, obviously, I mean, Berkeley's renowned for not only being a good sporting um, school, but also a, a very highly, um, highly achieving educate academic institution as well. Um, how do you, how do you balance the studying with the training? That must be, yeah, that must be a, a, a program in itself. <laughs> yeah, I think if there's one place to balance it well, it's definitely Cal, just because there's just so many support systems in place, you know, bridging that gap between being a student and being an athlete, uh, you know, whether that's the academic advisors specifically for uh, us or tutors and things like that. And there is a whole village of people that work with us to get that smooth and seamless um and you know none of our classes really clash with training we have our training schedule and the classes are built around that so it definitely is a institution that has really managed to incorporate both together and honestly I found doing A-levels and swimming way harder than my degree and swimming which is crazy to me but a good thing yeah uh, which um just for those people who might be, I don't know, 17, 18 now considering going over to America, 
what um what how did you choose your a levels were they was your place in in uh, university dependent on your performance at a levels how did that work uh, so actually, I got my results for my A-levels, and I was already a week into Cal. So my that, A-levels, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my A-levels, you know, as good of an experience as they were, they weren't the most relevant to getting into Cal. You know, it was the ACT and the Common App, but I think the standard of tuition and school at, uh, in the UK is so high that it definitely primes you, you know, getting through A-levels definitely primes you to coming out to America. Uh, and honestly, those A-levels, you know, even though I did get my results later, they were used as units and ways that I could get out of certain classes at Cal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. they've really sort of, yeah, it sounds like they've really helped you in your, your studies in over in America too. Yeah. Um, it's a, is it right that you... Um, you because obviously it must be really really tiring and stressful balancing the training with the the swimming. Is it right that on, on a Saturday at four pm you switch off and you just <laughs> you like to have your social side and you sort of focus on your social life at that point? Is that right? Yeah, I definitely try to. You know, this year more than ever before, I've tried to set that as kind of a hard line. Uh, that has been something I've been really trying to work on um, just because I feel like, you know, Sunday I'm always going to study. It's a kind of a pre-Monday for me and get myself ready for the week. And so Saturday evening is kind of that opportunity where you have a lie-in on Sunday and, you know, staying up maybe that extra hour to watch a movie or something with friends, I think gives me a lot of enjoyment and really helps me throughout the week for a heavy training load. Yeah. And in terms of your sort of um, your social side, do you tend to um, do the swimmers at Cal all stick together all the time? Or do you tend to mix with people from other sports or maybe your course mates or something? How, how is your sort of group made up? So I'd say that I have a lot of like different groups, if that makes sense. You know, I am very close to the swimmers and I'd say they are a huge support system to me. And Definitely some of my closest friends are swimmers and, you know, I have previously lived with swimmers, but I also love to socialize with other people and to have that athlete community here at Cal has been important to me to make friends with people from other sports. And my closest friend, for example, is from golf. And it's cool because you obviously have that understanding of being an athlete, but that it's not, I guess, it's a breath of fresh air, you know, we're, both very different and we're both very similar in the same respect but at the same time you know I also am close with people in my degree and that helps as well so having different pockets of people here at Cal has been really exciting honestly. Yeah no it must be nice to sort of have that switch off from swimming and constantly training all the yeah. time. Yeah um, is um just in terms of being a Brit in America they adore the british accent have <laughs> yeah. you uh, had any have you had any is what are the benefits of being a brit out in california <laughs> do, you get, do you get cheaper coffee do you get cheaper meals or what's the deal <laughs> no i think the biggest thing is just 
their kind of request to repeat certain words and things like that, you know. <laughs> uh, I'd say it was pretty entertaining when I first came. Now it's a little more tiring, but it's fun. Yeah, I can I can see that uh, that getting old all the time. Asking asking <laughs> you to say bottle yeah. or water all the time, yeah, for sure. But um, <laughs> in um, in terms of um, your your coaches how are you gonna when you go back to the uk are you going to be given a program by your coaches uh in california or how, how's that going to work so it's still kind of up in the air more by way of you know blocks of time so when i go back i will be given sessions from berkeley and we'll be doing them at guildford with my coach at guildford you know i was really fortunate in the three weeks before trials i actually flew back early and trained at Guildford specifically with Lee and Lewis and they are so accommodating and flexible and really kind of embrace the sessions that I do get given and you know give a little spin of their own and I think just managing to combine both the resources I have at Cal and at Guildford have helped me hugely uh, because I get the best of both worlds almost and a fresh pair of eyes and things like that so that's kind of the plan up until Europeans and then obviously we reassess and that's kind of how it goes for me. Okay so you're it, it sounds like you're really getting the uh, the best of both worlds there but uh, in terms of it just talking back <laughs> about uh, about Guildford um, I, I heard you one of your older coaches his surname slips my mind so I do apologize but uh, Richard was saying how uh, yeah. you were as as a kid you were very demanding of him um uh, how how so how would that be because you come across you come across as such a harmless person so how would you be uh demanding to you know i think it's i do have a special relationship with richard you know he was a school swimming coach at my school when i first joined that school and he's honestly the person that got me into club swimming you know he encouraged my mom to take my older sister to a club and that's why I ended up going to a club and why I ended up moving over to Guildford. So I guess it's a demanding <laughs> uh, relationship more by way of it has been very long and I've definitely grown up a lot. I had a lot of growing up to do coming in to Guildford at 10 years old and going through all the kind of stages of growing up. I think I definitely have been able to relax a bit more and become more <laughs> mature. But, you know, there were times when I was 15 or younger where I would be shoppy or I would you know be that typical teenager and throw a kind of paddy or whatever you know um yeah <laughs> yeah no we we've all been there that's for sure don't worry about that but um in terms of in terms of demanding more from your coach um I suppose now you're at such a high level um that you can you must have, be having constructive conversations with your coaches say when they give you a set and you maybe think it should be done differently has that evolved um when since you've been in california um do you think when you first went in you were a little bit sh um, more shy and didn't really want to upset the upset the apple cart a little bit or how's that relationship <laughs> developed as you've gone on you know i have been very lucky at cal i think terry and danny their whole ethos is you know being flexible and being adaptable around us and they're both so experienced with sessions and the sport that there are very, very, very few times that I would say, hey, I want to do something else or, you know, um, 
it's honestly that you know that ad- adaptation more comes kind of when I assimilate back into Guildford just because I am doing a slightly different training program to what I was in Guildford and I think being able to find my voice these past three years at Cal has helped me grow up a bit more and then come back into Guildford and be more constructive with Lee and share our ideas with each other and collaborate a bit more uh, as you said instead of just being instructed I think that has definitely helped I haven't really done that at Cal because I haven't needed to um, and at Guildford you know it is just a different training program which is why I've done that um, and it's worked so well for both of us and back here as well yeah no um, and in terms of the the racing out in America first of all um, congratulations um, you uh, won this year I mean you said how you sort of have very recently sort of come to the forefront at Cal. Uh, you won the Pac-12 200 IM mm. um, this year. For those uh, Brits who say maybe aren't aware, what is the, the Pac-12 mm. uh, competition? What, what, yeah, who, who competes there? So you obviously have different conferences in America and you do your conference meet and then you progress to the national championships. So our conference meet it is one of the Power Five conferences, which means kind of, there's five conferences in America, I guess, which are kind of dominant in sports and the Pac-12 is one of them. So the competition, there's 12 schools, hence Pac-12. You know, it's the likes of Stanford, UCLA, USC, Ohio, Utah, um, stuff like that. Okay, awesome. And in terms mm-hmm. of the racing, I mean, it seems like when we watch like the NCAAs and things like that, that the Americans really, really get into it. They they start, there's a, a real intense atmosphere over there at meets. Was that something that um, you found different to the UK? Definitely my first year, you know, I think there is a huge step up in the level of intensity because you're not just doing it for yourself. You know, every performance that you do counts towards a team goal. And so there is a huge stake in everything you do which is really enjoyable and also nerve-wracking. Um, you know, this year was a little bit different because of COVID. There weren't spectators, for example. But I do remember my first year at NCAAs, you know, all the alumni coming and parents and things like that. And the stands just being absolutely filled and packed with people. And, you know, the atmosphere is just so elevated. It's, I guess it's something less of a swimming meet and almost more of something like a football match. Or, you know, something that we would, you know, drink at or do something different in the UK. Yeah. That's kind of how it became at NCAAs. Okay, that, that, that sounds awesome. If, um, yeah, do you, yeah. Think, do you think the UK could maybe, the UK could maybe learn from the scene in America? Or do you think it could improve in, sure. in, in the UK? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think swimming is a special sport and obviously I'm biased with that. But I would love to see more people coming to watch a swimming meet. And, you know, I think that had COVID not been in place, I think it would have been really special to have trials at London. And hopefully the stands would have been a bit more filled um, because of just how central London is. So I think that they could definitely learn a few things by way of support and, you know, the atmosphere. But I think at the same time, I'm sure had trials not been under COVID protocol, that maybe would have looked a little similar. Yeah, no, I mean, there was some, 
I mean, that that was one of the things about trials this year is that the, the level of swimming is not just, it's not just now, um, it, it doesn't appear as if the swimmers are just trying to get the times and get to the meet. It seems that they want to do times that are going to really place them highly, you know, in the world. And you were talking yeah. about how you don't want to just go and make up the numbers, but you want to go and really compete and do some, you know, compete with the world's best out there. In terms of um, just back to your time in the UK, you've, You've been at the, the the national level, the top national level, the national finals, and what have you, for, um, really since since day dot, really since the age mm. of twelve, or what have you. Um, is it is it true that you had a bit of a difficult time when you were say fourteen and fifteen, and that your love for the sport slightly wavered? Is that true? Yeah, you know my my first event at nationals was breaststroke. You know, I used to be a breaststroke swimmer and. The minute I kind of grew and my body changed, my breaststroke, for some reason, just struggled. You know, I wasn't hitting my times. Uh, I don't think I've got a 235 since I was 13 on my 200 breaststroke, for example. And it took me about five years, six years to do a best on my 100 breaststroke again. Um, so that was definitely hard. You know, I think every time we race, we always want a best. And I wasn't getting that. And that was kind of why I focused so heavily on IM, it was why where I could improve and you know with all the four strokes it does give a bit more room for improvement um so it definitely was hard you know setting so many goals for my breaststroke and being so far off of them and now honestly that's my weakest stroke I'd say um and I guess with that kind of dry spell I did waver a little bit you know I think we all at some point question why we're really doing this and it is a demanding sport and sometimes when you don't get the results you know it's hard to see why you're in it and that definitely happened to me particularly when I was 14 and 15 and I was training all year to go to nationals and wasn't swimming how I wanted to and that was hard yeah and how did you sort of get through that get through that time what was what was the motivation to sort of overcome that that period you know, I really wanted to make a junior team, uh, a junior international team. That was my first goal. Um, and I was very fortunate to be able to achieve that with me at Guildford. Um, and that kind of relit that spark, you know, being able to work towards that. And that was a breakout year for me in 2017. And I did start, start coming through on all the other strokes. And you know, swam six events at British Champs in that year and six PBs. And that was a big 360. And I couldn't have done that without him. Uh, and honestly, then that gave me that push to, you know, explore America and be a bit more bold in my choices and take my swimming to the next step. Yeah. And in terms of um, just Guildford, just back back to your home club, what... Um... What what you sort of what what emotions come over you when you think back at Guildford? Yeah, I mean, I definitely it's a family to me. It's definitely kind of that extended family, you know. And I have grown up there. I think I've definitely had my fair share of ups and downs and moments with the club. Uh, you know, I think the sport definitely exposes a lot of happy emotions and sad emotions and disappointment and all those kind of things and. That has definitely been the case for me. Um, and, you know, I have been fortunate to meet so many people through the club and have really great teammates there that have become lifelong friends, even as they've stopped swimming and, you know, 
the kind of group has thinned out as the years have gone on. Um, and the same with the coaches as well. I have been coached by so many coaches at Guildford and every single one of them has definitely left their own unique impact on me. And I am really grateful for that because that has been just so valuable and something that I will always have. You know, I, I love going back to Guildford and it's definitely my kind of safe haven and second home and things like that. Awesome. No, I mean, I bet they must, um, especially with you making the Olympics team, you, you'll be even more of a, you'll be even more of a celebrity when you go back now. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you'll be, you'll be, yeah, you'll definitely have a few autographs to, to sign. Yeah. In terms of um, just looking to the future now, I suppose. Um, how many are you a junior at the moment? How many more years do you have at um, uni? And do you, do you have any short term plans after you graduate, or what? What are you thinking going forward? Um, so technically, I have one more year after this. Uh, but with the NCA extended eligibility, I could potentially do another year. Uh, but kind of, as I said earlier, I, I am taking things one step at a time. And I'm just trying to enjoy this year right now for what it is and soak that up and soak this summer up and then kind of reevaluate things when I go back in August. Um, and regain my bearings, I guess, as a student and as an athlete, uh, and then kind of plan, you know, what the next steps are. Yeah. And is there, I mean, obviously, I can't even imagine the excitement about yeah. going to Tokyo. Uh, is there any sports in particular that you, obviously, after the week of swimming, is there anything that you'd like to go and see there or any particular sports stars that you'd like to come across or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I think I'd really love to see the gymnastics, you know, having done that when I was younger. And it's something both my mum and I always love to watch. And, you know, that was part of the attraction for me in the sport, you know, dressing up in that leotard and getting to flip around <laughs> was really fun for me. And just seeing that at a whole nother level is pretty cool. Um, honestly, any sport, you know, I think I am definitely more appreciative of all the different sports now I'm at Cal and seeing how each one operates it is really fascinating to me and yeah yeah have you got any friends at Berkeley who are also on teams yet or because I mean the American trials are to come aren't they mm -hmm. yeah well I mean obviously the training group that I have there are quite a few that are trying to make the team you know there's a group of four of us going to Europeans uh you know we have Emma from Croatia, Robin from the Netherlands and Emily from Denmark. So I'm excited to go to a meet. It's weird not going to be on the team with them, but that will all be there and they're all trying to book their places as well. And then obviously we have a really strong group here in America training for the US trials and some pros with Abby and Katie. So on the, on the swimming front, there's a lot of them trying to make the team. Um, and then other sports like group wise, you know, Again, the trials haven't all taken place yet and things like that. Um, there's, you know, a group of water polo that should qualify and things like that. And so that will be exciting to see as the summer kind of unfolds. Oh, that's awesome. That, I mean, that's a, yeah, that, that's definitely a high achieving group of friends that you've got yourself, Alicia. That's for sure. <laughs> um and just, just sort of, th thanks so much for coming on again. We just, just a few more questions to sort of wrap up. Yeah. Um, in terms of, obviously, you're a very, very young swimmer. You've got your, we hope that you've got many, many years ahead of you in the sport. Um, 
would you have anything when you sort of have retired and you've called it a day is there anything that you really want to have achieved by that point you know i think the biggest thing for me is to be in the sport for as long as i have fun and enjoy it and i have come to learn that the more i do enjoy it the further i'll get and so you know I do want to get all these types of medals and international podiums and things like that. That's definitely a goal of mine. But I think the biggest goal is, you know, to just keep having fun so that when I do hang up my goggles, I remember the experiences, you know, and yeah, it would be lovely to have those medals with them. But I think if I can cherish those experiences and look back on that, I think I'll be really happy. Awesome. Awesome. And just quickly, um, I uh, I get asked to ask this question to everybody who comes yeah. on. Um, is there is there anyone? Uh, is it actually? You know what? Is there anyone at Berkeley who you think would be a good laugh and good to have on this podcast? Is there anyone that you think you'd recommend? Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'd say there's just so many people in the group that would be. You know, I think <laughs> um, I love you know training with Abby and Katie for example as the pros uh you know and I am really close with them particularly Katie just because you know we get on so well and so I'm definitely biased with that <laughs> um, <laughs> but you put me in a difficult position you know I'd say that oh no don't worry if, if you're gonna if you're gonna have to start worrying then please don't worry about it but just do you guys um do you guys all live together what's the deal with that the swimmers do they um, live together? Yeah, so we tend to live together. Um, you know, particularly in our classes because you move out of the dorms together. So you know, our class is quite small. We only have four of us. Um, but it is also very usual on the last year because it is four years. The last year, you know, after those three years of kind of living on top of each other, to maybe move into a smaller group or move by yourself and things like that. So we have a huge mix on the team of people, you know, who have their own apartment or people who live in a pair and things like that, you know, it's become less and less usual to all live together and things like that, just to respect each other's space. And as the intensity of swimming ramps up throughout the year, it is really nice to have that separated uh, environment where we can unwind. Yeah, no, I bet. Alicia, thank you so much for coming on. You've yeah. been you've been absolutely wonderful, and uh, yeah, we we're all we've all got our fingers crossed for you going into the Olympics and yeah. Europeans, of course. And yeah, I think hopefully we'll uh, we'll have you on again very soon. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me as well. <laughs> no problem. Cheers. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Swim Special. Everybody here at ISL News greatly appreciates it. Do not forget to catch us on whatever platform you use to hear your podcasts. And also give us a follow on Instagram at iSwimLeague underscore news. That's where you can find all the best content about swimming, in particular the ISL and the upcoming ISL Season 3. We're going to be putting the videos of these podcasts onto YouTube as well as clips. And also we're going to be putting those clips onto Instagram as well. So don't forget to catch us there. Thanks very much for listening. It's greatly appreciated. Cheers.